Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, this is Nathan, and I just wanted to give you all a content warning for this episode up top. We are discussing season two of Broadchurch, which, just like last week, deals with themes of sexual assault, underage sex, and murder. Thank you very much. And welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the world. My name is Nathan. As always, I'm joined by my co-host. His name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey. Lawrence, hello and welcome to my show. Hello. Shut the fuck up. No one cares, Lawrence, because you need to tell us what this silly little show that is mine is all about. Okay. Nathan, this is the show where each week we get together to discuss something in the realm of pop culture. It could be a movie, it could be a little telly show, it could be a video game, but the main thing is that we do so without any, any of the toxic, negative Nelly discourse that is oh so prevalent in this day and age. I wrote the intro for you. Stick to the script. Stop adding was... in new words, okay? This, this there was... wasn't a single gap there. That was smooth. This is what started your issues to begin with, okay? <laughs> this is why I had to write the script for you. Stop going off course, okay? It needs a bit of my flavour, no. otherwise it just sounds like an admin statement. No. It sounds awful. I, hey. Okay, well, I didn't mean that. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not Sorry. How are you, Nathan? I am wonderful. I've literally never been better in my entire life. How are you? I am well, thank you. What are you laughing for? That was a true you, and factual statement, and I won't hear said, otherwise. Again, you, you said that with a gleeful smirk. <laughs> I, I said it with no such thing, okay? Okay. It was 100% factual, and you cannot prove otherwise. It's true. I can't, I guess. Um, Nathan, I am well, other than the fact that I have trimmed my beard too short, and it's a terrible time to do so, because now my festive double chin is out, and also the air is cold, because we are in the middle of winter. Well, okay, we're in the beginning of winter, first of all. Like, this is the start of winter. It doesn't feel like that, it feels very cold outside, there's always a frost. Well, yeah, winter gets cold. Welcome. Yeah, I know. 
Okay. This is just, it's going to get colder, okay? So. It better not. It will. <laughs> it will. Wait till January comes, mate. It is going to get so much colder. Um, what did you say? I don't care. Um, <laughs> no. No, I, here's, here's the thing. Your, you, your beard, whatever you did, yes. shaving. I feel like this happened to you like a month ago as well. It did, yeah. You shaved like a little fucking Lin Manuel goatee in to yourself, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so I've actually like I don't know if you can see I've kind of done that again a little bit. This is great. Content it's not for as the egregious. Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, I got um yeah last time last time it was a mistake. This time it was just I shaved because I like had a little look at myself in the mirror and I was like, you look dishevelled. Just shave. So I had to shave and then I went, oh no, nah, short again. And then my wife came home and she went, will you stop doing this to your face? And I went, okay, sorry. But you know you don't look good with a shaved face. so. But it's not shaved. I have a beard. You can see me. I still have a beard. It's just a shorter beard because my beard's normally fairly long. You, you, With all due respect, you don't have the, the jawline to pull off a, a clean a, or even a short beard. Like You, need... you don't think I know this thing? <laughs> Uh, I'm the same. Like we need to cover this up as much as possible. Okay. <laughs> Was it? I always see that like people compare um, beards as like like men's the average man's uh, version of makeup. Oh, a hundred percent is. Yeah. Yeah. Just hide some imperfections. Hide my not so strong chin and well, both of my not so strong chins. Beard and a haircut is the male equivalent of makeup mm. and i haven't had a haircut in two and a half years so yeah how's that get, show me i mean again <laughs> not great content for the audio listeners of which yeah. there is only one option which is audio but give us a give us a little look give us a flourish i mean it's here mate i don't know what you want oh i can oh I, I thought it was tied back a little bit I, no. I feel like it's like stopped growing i feel like it was it definitely hasn't no does it get to a point where it like chills out a little bit uh it's it's slowed down but it's still like because girls get like two haircuts a year don't they <clears throat> i don't know it depends on the girl I mean, that's true they're not a monolith lawrence okay <laughs> no nathan i can definitively say that all girls only ever get two cu- two haircuts oh, I won't anymore stand for and this. it's blasphemy i won't stand for this no absolutely not i'm gonna be the all voice right. for women Okay. Okay. So, I see. Oh, okay. Me, it's a man is going to be the voice for women. Uh, Lawrence, what are we here to do? To discuss? To to have a good old time? Well, maybe not. What are we here to do? <laughs> okay. Uh, so Nathan, it is our second week of crime drama Christmas. We are talking about Broadchurch season two. Why? Why did you? Why did you sigh? Did you forget to say it yourself and you're cross? No, I forgot. We sh- I should have done the content warning up top. Now I have to put it in at the beginning. That's okay. I just copied last week's actually. I mean, yeah, exactly. It'll be the work. same stuff. Yeah, it? that'll work. Will it? Will it? Yeah, repurposing. Co- it's a spoiler warning. A content warning. It's fine. And you don't have to do one fresh every week. Yeah. You kind of have to take that stuff seriously, Lawrence. It's pretty serious. No, I'm I'm not saying don't put it in, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying, yeah, it's whatever. You just put it in any content warning. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, just... Content the last warning. This, this podcast contains bees. <laughs> All right? It's not really <laughs> relevant, is it? Exactly. See? I don't think that's what I was getting at, and I think you know that. Well, no, it, sound, it sounds like you're saying any content warning will do, which is... Not the case. The idea of a content warning is that it warns you against the content. I did, right. Did, did I ever say that that wasn't the case? <laughs> See what you did. I'm just saying. 
Nathan, can we please get into Crime Drama Christmas? Lawrence, welcome to... Shut the fuck up. Lawrence, welcome to Crime Drama Christmas, also known as Broadchurch Season 2, for this week anyway. Uh, last week, we obviously discussed Broadchurch Season 1. We didn't just decide to do Season 2 for the fucking fun of it. Um, <laughs> and now here we are. It's Christmas, it's crime, it's murders on the beach. Except we murders already did on the, the murder. beach. Uh, murders in a town called Sandbrook. Yeah, murders in a in a little, a nice a nice quaint new build estate. Yeah, of it. which looks like every single new build estate in the UK. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> they all look the same, don't they? <laughs> they they do, and it's like to, more to your point, I was genuinely watching it, and like I had that really stupid thing of watching this, and it was like a close up of the street. Yeah. And I could see a few houses, and I was like, "That looks really familiar." And it took me a Mate. good second. I went, "Well, hang on, of course it looks familiar. They all look fucking yeah, familiar." Yeah, every <laughs> fucking street in the UK looks the exact same. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Um, so you 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 you've seen Broadchurch all before. You knew that season two was coming, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, what, what do you mean by that? My, right, the, the point I'm getting, it's a larger point I'm making. I'm, I'm doing a what bit do you, of a setup. No, but what do you mean I knew season two was coming? Is it I knew it was coming for this podcast? Or like no, I so knew you, it was coming when the show was... So you have watched the show yes. as a whole in its entirety before? Yes. All seasons of that show? Yes. And yet, as one of my closest friends, you decided to let me get involved and invested when you knew that this season was coming. What do you mean? I don't like season two. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'll, wait. I'll wait for them. You got the whole thing. I, I just... Right, it, what? For, you, you're acting like I made you sit through fucking... Like, for, I don't know. Um, what was the bad thing? Uh, fucking The Flash or something. Or like... <laughs> I don't know, something that's bad. <laughs> no, right, this isn't... It's not bad, but it's not season one, is it? Like, it's just not... Oh, you, you do my fucking head in so much. Why? You oh, have no, this, something... You have this complex about you where, like, you see something and then, like, you see season... <laughs> and if it's good, like, if the first season is good, you're like, well, nothing can be better than that, obviously, because it's the first season. There's There's absolutely no way anything can be better than the first one. You have this complex about you where the first one, no matter what it is, is always the best. And everything else after it is subpar because it's not the first one. Okay. I prefer Daredevil season three to two and one. I prefer Doctor Who season four to one, two and three. I prefer uh, Succession two to any other season of Succession. I could I could go on. I just prefer better seasons of TV, which season two is Broadchurch, but it's not Broadchurch at, at its heights, which I saw in season one. It's not as good. You must think the same. I'm pretty sure you said last week it's the same. Like that you, you, I you, think I said, I hope I think, it only gets better. And you said, I'm not sure. I think it's as good as season one. Okay. I think it's of an equal, I don't think it's better. Yeah. I, I think it's of an uh, equal quality like I, at no point when i was watching season two when it aired was i like this is fucking dreadful like i am <laughs> okay, i yeah. am having a terrible well i should just stop watching this because this is fucking dire like at yeah. no point was i watching i was fucking gripped week to week i was absolutely gripped it was intense 
the courtroom drama aspect of it. It was chilling. It was thrilling. I was yeah. hooked to find out what revelations would come next, which way the trial would go. And then, of course, the investigation into Sandbrook and everything like that. I was, I was very much invested in the story. See, I like... I, so, I so saying, no, like... I didn't warn you that it was bad because I didn't think I needed to, Lawrence, because, spoiler alert, I enjoy this. And I guess that makes me a criminal. But I refuse to apologise for that. That is fine. I just think this is like... I don't know, man. It, like, it, it, there's certain threads that just like at the end of season one, I, I right, I, I said to you when when we first started the show, I was surprised to learn that this wasn't an anthology. Oh, again, you and your fucking anthologies. Fuck right, off no, with I your just... anthologies. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Why do you enjoy anthologies so much? Because I like the ever changing setting. I like that it like can keep listen before you do your little annoying hand gesture. I was me. just going to say why. That's all. But continue. Okay, <laughs> right. I I like that something can keep like a tonal approach. Like I mean, p- perfect example uh, is the Knives Out movies that are going on. Right. I like that character as a lead detective, but I enjoy that the setting and like the messaging can change, and like it can be with a whole new set of characters, and like you never get time for characters to grow old or stale because you do, you say what you need to say and then you leave them behind and you move on to something else. I like I like all of that. I like character development personally. I like I like that, seeing yeah. characters grow and learn new things and change and revelations come out about the past and how that affects their future and that mm. type of stuff. That's why I'm always for a non anthology, whatever just a normal thing, I guess. Because, <laughs> yeah, just just whatever the other version is. Yeah. Uh, Black Mirror. It it was good. A yeah. borderline unwatchable now, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like the microwave is out to kill you. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, right, I'm not saying all are good. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying... And I also, like, I don't want this to be that. I was surprised that it wasn't, because when I knew that season one ended with the killer being revealed... Yeah. It kind of felt like... Yeah, and I, and I was wrong to a degree, but it did feel like certain characters had nothing left to give, and I think that is shown in this season by the fact that the courtroom drama stuff is gripping. Like the best parts of the season were when we're in that courtroom, mm. but like I don't know. I feel like the show was like a bit like not confident in itself, and it, it still needed to solve a mystery. So it went well. We never really got round to the Sandbrook stuff. So let's go back to that. And I feel like it, they were two... I was watching two different stories. The reason why season one worked so well for me, I think we said this last week, is because the killer could have been anyone in this small town. So not only is the investigation gripping, but it's also the emotional turmoil of all the characters going through the same thing at the same time, um, which I really, really liked. In this, it's like Olivia Coleman has like this, like these gut-wrenching scenes where she has to look at the man that was her husband and watch him destroy everyone's lives even further. And then she walks out the courtroom and then David Tennant goes, let's go and do something completely unrelated to this. And I just like all of that, all of the Sandbrook stuff. I'm not going to say it like it wasn't interesting, but it like, I was so excited for season two and it just like was, I don't know. I, I feel like it was splitting its time. It was, it was trying to commit to two things and I'd rather it just was steadfast on the first thing. Do you see what I'm saying? No. Um, 
<laughs> you, you really don't think that there is a division in the story here? Well, there, there's two separate storylines, but I don't see how that's a bad thing. Like, mm. you say, you know, you have fucking Ellie, uh, Olivia Coleman, going from courtroom scenes to, like, the Sandbrook investigation, but she's not, like, you know, having heart-wrenching traumatic experiences in the dock to then being like, off I go and do my little no, investigations yeah. with my little magnifying glass, aren't I a fun little detective? Okay? Yeah. It, it's not, like, a huge fucking tonal shift. She's still very much dealing with all the shit and the fucking pain of the trial while she's doing the investigation. And in some cases, in quite a lot of cases, it actually overlaps and fucks up the investigation because of it. Like, you have the mm. fucking scene where she's... where they've got fucking Claire in, in her old house and because of what came out of the trial, fucking Beth comes over and, like, fucking sh- starts having a go at Ellie and all that type of stuff. So, like, yeah. they're not, like, two completely separate storylines. They are linked by the characters in them. It's not like we've got two different stories and they don't meet up anywhere at all. They are linked. I think, see, that that thing that you mentioned of um, of Beth kind of blowing it, blowing that kind of investigation situation going on, like, that's interesting and cool when they, like you, like you say, when they do meet up and they do, the stories do kind of converge in on one another. But, like, I don't know, for, for me, it just feels like there's two... I mean, because there is, there's two different things going on, and like maybe it's personal preference, but I felt like it was just when we cut away to Sandbrook, I was like, it just it always felt a bit jarring. Like it took me like five minutes to settle into watching stuff that was largely unrelated to what was happening, and I get that like it furthers um, David Tennant's character, and it does go to kind of it does go a long way in showing us how Ellie is as an investigator and a detective now that she's had a life-changing experience that pertains to how good she can be at her job. But, like, I don't know. I just felt like with the Sandbrook stuff, it, like, it introduced two new characters, um, which is uh, Lee and... Claire. Uh, yeah. Um, Lee and Claire. A few new, there's a few new characters I've introduced. Well, yeah, like, all the... You, we'll get to the lawyers and all of that stuff. But, like, with... with what, the one thing I fucking loved about season one is that each... And, and we said this last week. It, it took us or at least me because I'm watching it for the first time, but when you watched it for the first time as well, I'd imagine you were just as shocked that it was Joe. And it was, it it felt like, oh my God, that was the last person I would expect. It, but isn't it, it, it was, isn't it interesting that it does something different though? And it's not just, oh, who is it again? It could be any one of these people again. Like, isn't it interesting that like, instead of presenting you with a fucking Cluedo board of characters... Mm-hmm. and a fucking motive and a weapon for all of them. It's like, right, we have this person, this person, and this person. And it's a much more focused and streamlined version of that rather than kind of the exact same thing again. Isn't that more interesting? I, I think it's different, and I, and I admire them for, like, not trying to just do a carbon copy of season one. And, and I respect that, but I just I find it less interesting. I find it, like, it's as a... I didn't need eight episodes to be told, yeah, it was these two. And like, like I was largely aware of that the entire time. Like, so, it, so, like, but it's it's not the it's the it's not these two. It's everyone though. Like you, you're presented with three main suspects, and then the mm. the end and result is oh, it's all three of them who actually did it. All three played but, a, an, a, an equal part in the tragedy. Yeah, but like it telegraphs that from such an early point on. It, it Eve Miles Claire is ringing ricky 
so there's obviously something going on there. That's and in like he... episode four, though. Okay, but like it, he's not really introduced until like episode two. So like it's. But but that's what I'm saying. It's not telegraphed from the beginning, though, is it? All right, but then all right, then at very least, Lee and Claire are telegraphed from the very beginning, because they were like they're the main. They're introduced as yeah, this guy probably did it, and this girl. I've got her in some sort of witness protection thing, but she wouldn't be a character unless she was involved. And by well, she is involved. Being... She's in. She's in witness protection. I, th- I think the idea of like the whole Lee and Claire thing is that when we're introduced to them, it's like, oh, Lee clearly. Look at him. He's the most fucking shady, evil-looking bloke ever. He's threatening everyone he sees. He's a big bad fucking new bloke yeah. on the block. Claire's the sweet and innocent little fucking. You know, she's never done no wrong, witness protection, she needs protecting, all that kind of stuff. But the roles are actually reversed by the end of it. That's kind of the twist. She's the more sinister one by the end of it. And he's kind of like forced into going along and doing something terrible, which he didn't really want to do. That's yeah, that's and- the twist. It's not like it's like telegraphed, like, I'm the killer and I'm always the killer from the beginning. No, but like, I I do see what you're saying, because I do think it's interesting that that kind of role reversal from what we typically expect it like it does harken back to the first what things something we liked about season one which was that like you kind of do have to expect the unexpected but there is an element of it as well that like i never bought claire's character as i've never done anything wrong in my life ever you're not, you're not really supposed to she's she is shady like everyone's shady in Broadchurch. that's the whole <laughs> appeal of it <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it was uninteresting. I just found it less interesting than what was happening. Like there were, there were other plot lines that I was like really keen to see develop, and like that just like what, like, like I, I, I said it last week. I wanted to see more of um, Nigel and Susan Wright, his mother, and like you get it's that. Not really relevant like, though, is it? I, but then I would argue, nor is Sandbrook. Like, isn't it's it? Just isn't a, it? Isn't it? Like, because throughout the first season, it's. This clearly the this big thing which has had a huge effect on the main character of the show to a point where it almost killed him. I would argue it's a lot more relevant than Nigel and his mum. I I would argue that it's set up. Nigel Nige and his mum were in season one as two pretty important figures for large. For, no, right. Nigel was like a primo suspect. And Susan Wright played a massive part, like taking the skateboard, going like the, all the stuff that was revealed between her and what happened with her husband. It all tied in really well. And it, the she, sand- important in the sense that everyone involved was important. There was all mm. players on the board. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think like she's not more important than like Beth or Mark or anything. No, no, no. Obviously not because they're the they are the primary people that we're following. But like. Yeah. I don't know, with the Sandbrook stuff, I always just saw it as, like, set up for David Tennant. He's a man that, like, it was a real fucking shitty time in his life, and it did, the stress of it did almost kill him, but that fuels him to go forward. Whereas, you know, it, and it can be interesting going back, now that he's got a more positive attitude, he solved the case and he's on a, for, you know, this is simplifying it, but, like, he's on a winning streak. He's just solved a case, he feels good about it, so he goes back and reopens the other case. But, like, I don't know, to me that was just, like, that was part of his character and his and his setup, but to have it like revisited, it just felt less focused. Alright, so I don't season one. I, okay. Um 
<laughs> I feel like we're just going to be debating. Well, we might be. This, this one might just be us two arguing for the whole thing. <laughs> and that's all right. <laughs> There's people come here for that. People like the fact that we argue and bicker all the time. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that's most of the legs. Um, Very true. Yeah. <laughs> the so so when you say and this is I I just want to understand here when you say sure. like it's it's just set up it's just part of his backstory and stuff like that why why is it like why why can that not be explored though like that's what I don't understand like just because it's part of his backstory does that mean we can't see it is there any reason why it's you know it's like some forbidden thing that we shouldn't see. No, but then I'd argue the case. I th- I think because we knew so much about Sandbrook from season one. Obviously, not we know as much that as we much. know. We but we know enough. We know that like the investigation fell apart. We knew that this pendant thing was important. We knew that like it it kind of all coincided with the fact that um, David Tennant's wife was having an affair, and like it was a large stress driving factor. But I feel like taking that the setup for his character, a really strong foundation for a a jaded detective and like using it to tell a story is great. And then I have no problem if they want to go back and solve Sandbrook, but then I feel like it should have been unrelated to, I don't think they should have tried to have their cake and eat it too with um, showing the trial and having the aftermath of Broadchurch as well as Sandbrook. It seems like your main issue is that there's two storylines really. There's the trial and the murder. Yeah, I think so. Cause I find the, I find one like leaps and bounds more compelling and interesting than the other one. And that like I, I understand that there's probably a part of that that comes down to preference. I was so in like genuinely I like watch when I watched Broadchurch season 1, I like maybe this came across the last episode, but I was like in love with it. I really really enjoyed it. I was so gripped. I couldn't wait to keep watching more episodes. And I think maybe there's a part of me that like cuz there's less screen time devoted to that town and that group of characters because it's catering for two storylines. Maybe that put me off it a bit and maybe there's an element of, I, I enjoy it less. See that, that's what I don't understand though, because like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> because surely that's what you wanted with your whole anthology argument though. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. The cake and eat it too. Do go and do Sandbrook. I have no problem with Sandbrook being a a, a, a principal storyline. You just rather it wasn't the trial as well. Yeah, give me like I don't do you, know. Would you like not you... think there would be an element of stretching one out though? What stretching the trial out? Or... Well, both of them. Like if it was, if it was, if it was just all the trial and no murder, do you not oh, think there'd be an element of it that, or or the other way around, just all the murder, no trial? Yeah, but then you'd write more, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd... But, but, that's, but that's stretching it out, though, isn't it? Like we've got not, not if you wrote more compelling. No, like... no, because but it's all right. Yeah, it's easy enough to say you just write more better stuff. Like, but <laughs> come on, like if right, we've no, already like... got like four. Let's say we've got because the show is eight hours in total. Let's say we've got four yeah. great hours of a trial. Okay, yeah, we've got four really compelling, really interesting hours. Okay, but then your boss comes to you. He says, "Oh, you know that four hours you got? Double it. We need eight hours." Okay. Like, yeah. is it just as simple as being like, oh, yeah, no worries. I'll just write another four amazing, compelling hours and it will be absolutely great and it will all work coherently and there'll be no issues with that. Or will you... there be an issue of stretching it out and things will start to get tedious and there may be some re- repetition that comes into it and that kind of stuff. If you if you plot out a season 
for four hours of content, right, of episodes, of narrative. Yeah. And then someone comes at you and the final hurdle and goes, double it. Yes, that's obviously going to be messy. But Chris Chibnall thrives at, at narrative, episodic storytelling, right? He thrives yeah. at building a world over a season. So if he'd start, if from, and I'm not saying I can fucking do it better. I can't, obviously, but like... Th- I feel like yes, if 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 they did it the way you're saying, it would be a complete fucking unhinged mess. But if they okay, all right, I I see what you're saying. If they plotted it out for eight episodes, yeah, as this. But but what I'm saying though is we already have these four great hours of the trial. Okay, Stranger Things mm-hmm. season one. Okay, eight episodes. I think great. What if it was sixteen episodes? Okay, and like yeah. it was sixteen episodes from the beginning. They plotted out 16 episodes. Would it be great? Would it be as great? Would it be that great, concise story we have in eight episodes? Or because we're filling time, much like, you know, a lot of the issues with the uh, the TV um, seasons of old, like the, the broadcast TV seasons where it's 24 episodes each an hour long. They run for yeah. the whole year. They're like, there's a lot of filler in between. Do you see what I'm saying? I do, because obviously when you're making... T- and this was before the era of streaming and everything else. I mean, like, I know streaming was going on, but... It was like on the cusp, being- yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, like, this wasn't <clears throat> made for... This was made for Saturday night TV. Yeah. So it had a scheduled amount of programming that it needed to fill, and I understand that. And, and I get it. And I also, it was weeknights. I also- huh? It was weeknights. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> uh can't bump ant and dex saturday night takeaway or the x factor or whatever else absolutely not um but like i don't know man they're just if if this was like i've I've lost my train of thought about it but like i don't know i just feel like they were making this season and then they realized hang on Broadchurch is that detective show that people point at and go, that's that really good murder mystery detective show. Mm. And then they went, then they looked at what they had. They looked at that four hours that you're talking out. Yeah. And then I feel like they went, well, there's no murder mystery in this. That's We're known for being the murder mystery show. And so they put in a murder mystery. And I don't think, it, like, I'm not saying they had a board meeting and after filming half of a season, they went, put <clears> more <throat> season in. Mm. But, like, it does feel very much like they were scared to make a season two without having a, a detective angle to it. Because largely... Think about this, right? If it's just the trial, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman pretty much have fuck all to do because well, they're there yeah. to give give testimony and whatever. Yeah, and that's it. But it's, like, it's not the same show. No, it, and it wouldn't be. Yeah. But like, you made a season two, so, <laughs> so make it work. But like, they did. That's exactly what they did. You just <laughs> see, say, you just say, rise to the challenge, make it work. So they did. They wrote I, an investigation in the murder storyline so we could continue on with these characters that we know and see their development and see the pains of them going through the trial and, you know, yeah. the effect that has on them and the, the big twist and everything like that. But then we also can, you know, tune in and see why we fell in love with the show in the first place. You know, the the interest in murder investigation and satisfy that morbid fascination that we all seem to have with like murder and true crime and that sort of stuff, you know? I, I, I do see where you're coming from. And I, and there is a part of me that thinks, like, although I genuinely think this season is a bit messier than the first and a bit less focused, there is a part of me that's like, maybe it's just not what I wanted to see from a season two. And I can I can concede that in the sense of, like, 
it, because it wasn't for me, it doesn't mean other people were incapable of enjoying it. Because yeah, I mean, it clearly, I mean, it went well enough that there's a season three. So it was very no, well received, no, I think. Yeah, this this makes me genuinely really interested in what season three is going to be because I did not expect this to be a split season of two situations. So I'd be very, I'm very, very keen. But anyway, let's talk about you. some specifics. I can tell you if you want. No, don't tell me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, probably gonna have to start watching it tonight. It's split in three. <laughs> it's split in no. I'm joking. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> and Joe's back on trial. <laughs> um, what what I really like about season two is that there's it it does build on what we've seen before. You typically with the like with that anthology and stuff that I was talking about, it would be left to our own speculation of where these things went but like this obviously has the trial of joe and joe despite him being pretty much fucking dead to rights he literally confessed Mm. it narratively it turns out on its head and goes oh yeah no this 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 justice system can be exploited to fuck if you have made even one mistake that's why it's interesting Um, in the in the very first episode of season two you know we have the beginning of the trial. It's, you know, set to be just a pretty simple proceeding. It's a very standard stuff. He's he's already confessed. We've got him. Let's fucking go. He just needs to plead guilty. Off he goes. Jobs are good. We're done. Yeah. Sorted. Um, and he's like, yeah, sure, I'll plead guilty. I did it. Whatever. Off I go. Um, but then twist. We have Big the... twist. We have the... Um, the... Um, Oh, there's a name for it, I'm sure. The the um Defendant? No, the the like the hearing to 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 for him to plead. The plea hearing? I don't know. Whatever. The the <laughs> I don't, oh, there's we're, a not, specific, we're not lawyers. I don't know, but there's a specific term for it which I know and I can't remember it. Um whatever. We the have whatever that Yes. No, that's yeah. not it. No. Whatever. It's something. We have the 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 Fuck, that's annoying me. <laughs> we have whatever that is for him to to play guilty or not guilty, and he's, he's you know he's dead to rights. Fleabag's defending him. She's like, yeah, he's going to say guilty, whatever. Um, and then he's like, not guilty. And then Fleabag's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And then the judge <laughs> she is fucking like, fucking breaks her neck spinning around <laughs> on the spot. Yeah, yeah. And then the judge is like, say again. <laughs> I'll give you another chance, brother. <laughs> One more time, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, and then he, he doubles down, commits, not guilty. And like, oh, my God. Beth is devastated. Everyone's angry. Everyone's crying. It's a great twist. It is a great... And I was not expecting it. Like, it's it's one of them where, like, of course, narratively, you go to the trouble of, like, setting up a courtroom scene. Yeah. Only for a very boring narrative decision for Joe to just be like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, you may as well send me to jail. And I will I guess I'll see you guys all later. Um, no, I love that this is like... Season one was everyone's dirty laundry being aired and effectively everyone being put on their own little trials in their own houses and having to reconcile with the fact that all their secrets and everything was out in the open. Um, And this just kind of puts that into like a less subtle way and is just like, it's calling like Mark up to the stand and it was just, and it's it's going, it's going like, did you have an affair? And he's like, yeah, I did, yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about it, because, like, you say, you know, everyone's dirty laundry was aired, and it was, but only to a few specific people. To, yeah. <laughs> to you know, to the investigators, to Alec Hardy and Ellie Miller, 
doing the case and like maybe one or two other people but like this is like everyone knows now you've got to stand up in front of the whole town and you know declare that yeah i cheated on my wife yes i was i was planning to leave my wife that night and and you got to say that in front of your fucking wife good luck brother like yeah not not an easy thing to do no, and you've got, like, not only is it just not for the people that's in the courtroom, but then you've got, like, Ollie is there just fucking, like, practically fucking frothing at the mouth with his notebook. Yeah. Like, just wanting to get any story out and, and, and kind of... Well, the media haven't learned, have they? <laughs> the media really haven't learned. No, it kind of does that thing shush. again. It kind of does that thing again where it's, like... Mm. And it, like, there's, there's, like, two people working for the, the paper, apparently. Now, like, it seems to be a whole office in the first season, but now it's just, like, two people. <laughs> um, and, like, you have Ollie, who's like, oh, I'm fucking live blogging, I'm live tweeting this, this is sick. Like, oh, big twist in the courtroom. Fucking Joe pleads not get off. Fucking hashtag and this. And, like, the fucking owner of the paper or whatever, she's like, no, we're the paragon of truth and justice, and we must, <laughs> we must only write what is correct and truthful and honourable. And uh, but then they're like, but we're also good friends, and and no, and we get along, and we have no issues with one another. Like I don't know, it seems weird. It does seem weird, and I like that. Like oh, there's in like the waiting area of the courtroom. Um, Ollie is just like on Photoshop drafting two versions of like yeah, guilty, not guilty. Yeah, yeah. This could go either way, so like better be prepared. And, yeah. then, and then like whoever is in charge of the paper comes up to him and just basically gives him a clip around the ear and is like, "What well, the fucking stop? Yeah, <laughs> stop this." Um, but yeah, no, I I, lo- I love all of that stuff. I um, I I do you know what I I thought was quite clever was the introduction, possibly possibly one of my my most favorite things about this whole season um was these two three but mainly two lawyer characters that get brought up, brought in into the show fleabag Fle- no fleabag but then fleabag's boss and the 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 defense attorney and the 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 other the good one i forgot fleabag was in this because i didn't know who fleabag was when i first watched it I oh like, i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, phoebe Waterbridge, by the way but like yeah <laughs> just it's fleabag it's just Fleabag, yeah. yeah it's just Fleabag. <laughs> um, so I like I I I was watching this. And I was like, oh fuck, it's Fleabag, of course, yeah, shit. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had no idea who the fuck that was the first time. Yeah, so so we have Fleabag. We have Fleabag's mum, which is also Fleabag's boss and not her mum. Um, and then we have <laughs> um, Blind Judge. And Blind Judge, yeah, soon to be yeah. Blind Judge. Yeah. Uh, no, not Blind Judge. Blind Lawyer. Blind Lawyer, yeah. Yeah, Matt Murdock. <laughs> oh yeah, Daredevil. Got Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Infinitely less impressive. <laughs> what I'll say. Um, I, I love. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge in this because I like that she's like, she's playing a character for like the longest that for the longest time has like, she's almost like conflated this idea of being a good lawyer, mm. and delivering like a good moral justice. Like, if you're a defense attorney and you're really good at your job, and this is generalizing. But that can that can be a really bad thing yeah. for life. There's, isn't there like so many scenes when you're like, I fucking hate you so much. Yeah, like, you, I got so angry, and I've seen it. But I got <laughs> so angry watching like some of those courtroom scenes because, like, I know it's their job, but the way they just like attack and like fucking mm. like the scene in particular where they fucking accused Ellie of like Ellie saying like she was having an affair with with Alec. Like that was so frustrating, and just like 
the way they purposefully like back you into a corner so you get worked up and you get emotional and that kind of stuff and then they're just like whoa 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 come on <laughs> yeah. now you know <laughs> why are you getting so emotional about yeah, it what, is what, it because you're not good you? at your job what's wrong with you why and this is just a simple question okay <laughs> like oh it's so frustrating but really compelling really interesting yeah and that kind of stuff it's- it does make you want to scream, and I will say that that judge seemingly picks and chooses when she wants to intervene in these in these instances. Because there are sometimes, mean? well, there are sometimes where um, the the blind lawyer is oh. like, Daredevil. Mo- yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, she goes, <laughs> Daredevil goes. <laughs> I, I I motion for this to be addressed in the court, and and she's <clears> like, uh, I'm not really sure if that's relevant. And then meanwhile, the other person is like, You had an affair, didn't you? And he's like, and 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 Ellie's like, No. And he's like, Well, you well you did. Because I said so, and you did, and you did it here, and you did it then. Is that a lie? And she's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Isn't it's, it's... that isn't that the mark of a good lawyer, though? Knowing like wh- when to and when to not, like pick and choosing your battles. Because if you go in that hard all the time, it's not going to work out for you. You need to find yeah. the best course of attack. Like you find a pressure point, and you can like you need to find something you can exploit. Exactly. Yeah, I, but I don't know. There's because uh, maybe maybe it's because like. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong, if I'm ever up for something, like, that I didn't do... Yeah. I want this woman. I mean, she's good. Because she's going to fucking sort me out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the frustrating thing is, he did it. And we know that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're left kind of screaming. And she's like, she didn't have an affair. She's actually really hard done by in the first (laughs) season. And it wasn't her fault. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, there there is this, like... uh, There's this really, really interesting kind of component to that where, like, it's not justice it's it's lies and it's speculation mm. and it's and they they know that they're not there like they don't they don't that joe didn't do it yeah they don't know that though that's the thing with with lawyers they like yeah it's all a gray area because they, mm. they're like there's the moment where like fleabag says to her fuck he definitely did it and she's like ah we don't know that for sure we yeah. do not 100 percent know that he <laughs> We're like ninety nine percent, but we're not one hundred percent crystal clear yeah. sure that he did it, and that's I don't know how well, they that, sleep at night. I guess that one percent of wiggle room is crucial to their jobs. Like it's something that I picked up on at the end. Um, excuse me, something I picked up on at the end was like that in in the closing argument. Right, Daredevil gets up and she gives this incredible speech about delivering justice and what it means to like live honestly, and. You sit down and you go, you can't top that. That's an incredible closing statement for your case. Mm, yeah. And then and then the other woman gets up and just goes, jury, you need to like answer one thing. Can you categorically, right, 100% definitively say, I know for a fact he did it? Yeah. And, and, and you, as an audience member, you're sat there knowing the facts and knowing what they've been working on in terms of this p- pushing at certain gaps in certain stories... And you're like, from an outside perspective, like they haven't watched Broadchurch yeah. season one. We they know don't he did know it this. because we saw Broadchurch. <laughs> yeah, they haven't watched Broadchurch. <laughs> yeah. Quick, get them a DVD. Get them a subscription yeah. to ITVX. <laughs> yeah, that that lawyer sucks. If it was me, I simply would have put on Broadchurch season one for the jury. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that's but the like... thing. That's that's why it's like so interesting because like going into the trial, we're like, oh, we fucking got this in the bag, mate. Like, you yeah. bro confessed, man. Like, it's yeah. a fucking done deal. Get that jail cell ready. Like, fucking, here we go, boys. But then, yeah, by the end of it, and then when the judge is saying, like, 
there's no obligation on the defense to prove otherwise. It's just simply mm. the case that did he or did he not or whatever. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of stacked against them. Like it's somehow it's fucking flipped along the way. And it's like, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough and, and frustrating. Something that I like as well is that like what it addresses is all the TV isms of last season. Like there's, there's certain kind of moments where like that, that matter so much. Like, Ellie did give her sister a thousand pounds for that debt because she was just like, whatever you saw, I'm desperate. I need to know. Mm. And like, like, oh my God, like in the moment you're like, Ellie is on a wit's end. Like this is completely justifiable. But yeah, in a court, a lawyer is obviously going to be like, that's a bribe. Ellie went in there and beat the fuck out of Joe. Like, yeah, (laughs) like that's massively wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Mark fucking worked his way around a cop and and went to see Joe. Like, all these things, like in the moment, you don't think about. You're like, yeah. yeah, sure, this is, this makes sense. These are real people with real emotions. Of course, they fucking want to do this stuff. But then when it's presented in a court of law, uh, with mm. like fucking no context, and and then this other story imagined up around it, then you're like, fuck, it's not looking so good, is it, boys? Yeah, when when lawyers start filling in the gaps with the truth, yeah, and then like you're like, oh, yeah, no, you could paint this in a real different way if you don't have the full picture. I, you can see why that makes sense and why that's a, a, something that can be believed, but hmm. it sucks know. as well because it's like it mostly comes back to bite Mark and Ellie in the arse, who are the two people that have the most making up to do. Yeah, and like Jodie Whittaker, like Beth is sat there in the in the pews every day listening. Yeah. To everything going on. And when um, when the woman is like, and you worked your way around a police officer to go in and threaten Joe Miller, didn't you? Yeah. And you just see Beth's face go like, what has my fucking idiot husband done now? Like, like, can I have a break from this man's incompetence <laughs> for a minute? <laughs> like, what, what did you think about the, the Latimers during this? And like specifically um, the, the relationship between uh, Beth and Ellie as well. It's... Well, Beth and Ellie, I like that it kind of, it, it, it obviously all of the relationships improve over time. Yeah. And I think. But it's very much fractured at first. It's. Yeah. And oh, Beth it, fucking hates her. Yeah. In the, yeah. Anytime she's anywhere near them, Beth's yeah. like, I'm going to start verbally abusing this woman. Yeah. <laughs> Just straight up. <laughs> yeah. It's it like, it, like, I don't know if last season kind of shattered them all apart. This is the season that like, it takes its time, but. Danny's death tore everyone apart, and now Danny's death... It kind of ends with Danny's death bringing everyone back together and realising, yeah, life can be fucked, and we know what's important, and we need to reconnect with what's important. Because yeah. certain systems fail us in the largest way possible. I really like what the show does with Ellie in particular, because, like... <laughs> I just want to give her a hug throughout this whole show, man. <laughs> I know, she, yeah. She's so fucking hard done by, like... The opening of the, of the show, like, her son wants nothing to do with her, the, the Latimers. What's his fucking beef and all, like... Oh, he, he's a, he doesn't know he's a lad, isn't he? He's, he's a dumb... I mean, you say he's a lad, he's a grown man now. He's not, he's, he's a little bit bigger, because he's a teenager and they'll fucking grow like wildfire. Like... <laughs> he's, he's, in the first season, he's like, am I going to get in trouble? And in this season, he's like, stay away from me, mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he has grown up a bit yeah tom doesn't really want anything to do with beth he's living with his aunt and this kind of stuff she's now just a standard uniform police officer and that was mm. interesting as well like the fucking first scene of her doing like fucking traffic duty and she's like 
you know, Ellie Miller, the friendly police officer detective who would be like, oh, no, I know these people. I trust everyone who's been so jaded and worn down by everything that's happened. She's like, oh, I'm going to the hospital. I didn't know I was speeding. I'm sorry. He's like, tough fucking shit. Here's your ticket, (laughs) prick. Wrong day to fuck with me, son. (laughs) Yeah. Um, just a just a good like good way to show like how you know well, she, fucked over she's been really. She she takes on the David Tennant role. She's yeah. with she's with someone that is obviously a town local, and she's like, oh, we like to kind of give people a fair go about it here. Like, yeah. We like to give people the benefit of the doubt, and she's just as broken and pessimistic as David Tennant was in the early episodes of season one, where she's just like, no, nah, it's not me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I don't know him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. Um, like they, they all are kind of the Latimers and Ellie um, are kind of. There's a nice, interesting kind of parallel going on where they're like regaining elements of their humanity as Joe is just trading every scrap of his for yeah. easy wins and easy getouts. Like there's there's a line that Ellie has at the end of it all when you know I'll <clears throat> get to this scene later and <clears throat> like just while I'm on the point. Um, Ellie says, "Like you know, if you if you ever if you ever come back, I will kill you. And unlike you, I'll go to jail. Like I will happily yeah. face the consequences." Great line. But yeah, um, there's, what, uh, there's I, a moment. There's a moment I love just with with Ellie and Beth. It's where like you know, like we were saying earlier, Beth comes over to like give Ellie some shit because uh, it, it's just revealed in court that day that she beat Joe up, and because of that, the fucking confession is dismissed and that kind of stuff. So yeah. She did a bit of a fucky wucky, all right. It's it's kind of the trial is a little bit fucked up because of her, basically, yeah. Um, yeah. as if she needed more on her plate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but anyway, um, and then obviously Beth comes over. She's really pissed, and then but then she starts going into labour, and she's like, you know, her water, her water break because she's pregnant, by the way. Um, she yeah. then starts going into labour. The baby's coming, and obviously Ellie's going to help her out. But Beth is still like, "No, I don't want anything to do with you. Fuck off! You fucking ruined everything." And she and Ellie just has this great moment where she goes, "Yeah, well, it's a fucking shit. I'm gonna help yeah. you now, and you and there's nothing you can do about it." Um, yeah. I, I, I love those moments. Just let you lean on this fucking public fence <laughs> yeah. and fuck off. <laughs> I love those moments where Ellie just like. She just snaps, and because everyone is so fucking mean to her in this show, everyone yeah. is just like so unnecessarily mean to her. And then later in the show, like the moment where she snaps at Tom, and he's like, "I've fu- I've had enough of your you're coming home with me, right? Fucking now, yeah. your dad's a prick. All right, we're going home, and we're getting this fucking sword." And he's just like, "Okay, yeah, I'm sorry." Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's and such a great moment. I I was ready to cheer when yeah. she screamed at Tom. I was like, "Yeah." You and all, yeah. Like, stop! Give your mum a fucking break. Man. I know. And he's there, like he's there, like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go in. It must be so painful because, like, as a child, that's a very conflicting circumstance to be in. Of course, like, yeah. It's like I don't know if you're if if you're a child and your parents are getting divorced and there's like it, it's not amicable. Yeah. And there's just this nasty feeling in the air. This is that dialed up till fucking eleven. Yeah. Right, because it's quite literally. Your mum is taking your dad, not this literally, but your mum is taking your dad to court to put him in jail for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, so I understand it must be conflicting for him, but there, there, there's an element of me that's just like, how are you like ride or die for your dad right now, brother? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, give your mum a fucking break. And she, it's always after like a loss that Ellie just walks out and like, it's it, Olivia Coleman plays it so well because it is a poke the bear scenario. You're just waiting for like the final straw. 
to just mm. fucking completely snap her in two, and she just goes off. And yeah. it's it's quite scary. She's quite intimidating. Like she, for this country bumpkin type character she's playing. She um she invented acting. Yeah, that's true. I heard <laughs> that. Did, yeah, she she did. <laughs> Olivia Coleman. She she actually invented acting. So. That's very good of her. Yeah. <laughs> and she shares her gift with the rest. <laughs> she did a good job. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, I um <laughs> Oh, I was meant to say this. I meant to say this last week, but um, you, you've listened to the podcast, so you'll know. But in case anyone listening doesn't, um, there's this phenomenal, like, little anecdote she tells on David Tennant does a podcast, and um, it's it's how like this whole time, none of the it was it was it was kind of arranged that the cast wouldn't whilst filming season one wouldn't know who the killer was, mm. but like her Olivia Coleman's agent just kind of whiffed that in the first meeting. You did mention like, this. Oh, did I mention this? Yeah, we talked about this. Did we talk about it or did I say it on here? I'm pretty sure you said it on here. Oh, fuck it. Cut all that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I did, then it's just making me like an idiot, isn't it? Like, I've fucking forgotten everything I said. I think so. Um, we definitely talked about it. I know we talked about it, but I don't know if it was on here. Oh, either way. Either way. Doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, all right, one thing I like about... Um, what's going on here as well and kind of like people's relationship to joe is is paul paul coates uh reverend rory reverend rory yeah who's yeah. great by the way so good in this really understated i think mm. he's not like one you immediately go oh the reverend yeah he's a great character but he genuinely is he's a he's very complicated like as someone who's like a religious figure and like you'd, you'd imagine that to be like you know the paragon of like fucking good mm. and, and holiness and all that type of stuff but there's layers to that character man it's really interesting i i love that character because he's he's the only one that's still like i mean he really has to kind of put his money where his mouth is when it comes to his faith and how mm. him, how much he believes in redemption um and versus like how much of your character the the, the wrongdoings you've done make up um and Something that I love is that, like, he is complicated, right? He's a he's he's now sober, but he was a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. So he's a man that's dealt with vices and yeah. has had to confront himself in an ugly way and admit that things need to change for him to be a good person. Yeah. Um, and like confronting that so honestly, and then you've got a fucking mur- a child killer staring you dead in the face, and he's up. Like, oh, I can't go to jail, so like, be fair. <laughs> yeah. And, then and, that, and, then like, and that seems to be his only, like, the only moments where Joe is really honest is, like, when he's with Reverend Paul. And, yeah. like, that seems to be his only defense. He's, like, it's only, like, I can't go to jail. I, I can't go to <laughs> jail. Don't do the crime! <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, he keeps saying, like, I thought you were supposed to be on my side. And it's it's so, I just want to hit him. I want a prick. Yeah. I don't like and him. That- it, 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 t- it ties in because, like, obviously, we only really got one episode with the true Joe. Yeah. Uh, last season. But it's nice to see him expanded in this way that is just, like, it, it's bravado. Those t- Like, we we talked about it last week, but, like, how men often turn on the guilty tears. Yeah. To to be seen as, oh, he's, you know, he's just a tough, tortured man. He doesn't have a, an outlet for his concerns and, like, all of this stuff. Um, but like in it, it's crocodile tears. Right? He's yeah, just shit scared 100%. of fucking facing a consequence. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I think it's really interesting that like um, throughout throughout the show, you know, he's a reverend, so we see him in his fucking 
his like collar and, and that kind of stuff. He like always has that on, but the one time he doesn't is right, right at the end, like when when they all bring Joe to the hut and stuff. That's that's really interesting. And like my man is like God's turned a blind eye. To this one. He, <laughs> yeah. he knows I've been through the ring of dealing with this <laughs> shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's really good. I like that character a lot, and I think it's interesting what what he does or what he proposes anyway with um beth and when they try to set up the charity in beth's in danny's name yeah and that kind of stuff and he's like i know you're not going to be thrilled about this but there's like you know a group that helps to reform uh, sex offenders and, and try to give them a new start and that kind of stuff and i don't know i think that's something that's very uncomfortable to talk about but also mm. like i can see where he's coming from if that makes sense i i I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think so. I think this is often this is often a conversation, and I'm not going to say that we're brave, Nathan, for addressing <laughs> this so publicly, right? But we are. Um, no, but yeah, cool. This this that that kind of thing is, and again, I I do think like in a Chris Chibnall perspective, it's brave to put it on fucking primetime TV. Yeah. Um. So so openly, but like, there's this is a conversation that I everyone has had behind a closed door. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Every single person has weighed up like. When does it become wrong? Yeah, and when? When? No, because it's always wrong. But when does it become like a problem, irredeemable? And when, yeah, when does it become like past the point where you're like you're willing to you you're not willing to seek help and you're willing to indulge yourself? I think the uncomfortable thing about it, the uncomfortable thing that no one really wants to talk about, is like when it comes to sex offenders and particularly child sex offenders and that kind of stuff and pedophiles we we like to think of it in terms of very black and white we like to think about it as these are very evil people and there's no gray area to that they're wholly evil and this is something they want to do because they're very very evil people because it's easier for us to see it that way it's easier and more comfortable it's not comfortable to reconcile with the truth which is like this isn't something they chose. This is fucked. But like, no. But you're right though. They it, they like, don't choose to have these feelings. You know, yeah. like no one chooses what they're. This sounds fucking awful. But like, no one chooses what they're attracted to. You know? Yeah. No, they don't. And I I I, I don't want to get too far into this because I'm I'm aware that when we've spoken about this on our believe it or not our Barbie podcast, um, but Simu Liu had a take. Oh yes, compared- yes. Yeah, yeah, where he compared like 
Was, for a moment there, I was like, where the fuck did that Yeah, whoa, well, Lawrence, <laughs> slow down. Barbie? <laughs> Um, Welcome no, to like, the Barbie it, podcast. Today we're going to discuss child sex offenders. Yeah, but he no, but he like he very much got his <clears> words got completely twisted and misconstrued and everything yeah, else. Hundred um, percent. But the the crux of what he's getting at is you are born liking what you like. Yes, and the and same and like people like said, well, oh, you're comparing homosexuality to paedophilia. Like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> he's not saying no. Pedophilia deserves to be part of the LGBTQ because that's that's <laughs> fucking wrong. Absolutely no way <laughs> yeah, is that's, anyone that's saying dreadful that. Stuff. This is not something to be celebrated and to be prideful about. This is something that needs help. This is something that needs reform. This is you know something that people need fucking counselling for. And maybe mm. throwing them in a jail and saying, "Well, fucking rot in there for the rest of the life" isn't the best option for them. Maybe yeah, we should invest more into social services who can actually help these people and that kind of stuff but yeah and resources know. to prevent problems before they become problems yes like exactly. for example this scenario with joe and danny was yeah like it was it was not obviously there was you know their their meetings were lacking a key component of consent because as a child you can't legally do that yeah but it was amicable they were meeting on terms where they knew what they were doing and yeah. going yeah and it it like David Tennant says, it wasn't a problem, but that doesn't mean it couldn't have been. Exactly. And it's yeah. this 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 charity and this work is about setting up resources to stop that, but also rehabilitate people that I guess come forward and say I need help. Yeah. Which like, and this sounds even more fucked, but like, if you have that affliction and you are that way inclined, yeah. Tremendously brave thing to do is put yourself out there for it. And say a hundred percent, yeah. And say I need, I need assistance. I need to, to deal with this. To admit that to someone would be, <laughs> oh, Jesus, fucking yeah. hell, I can't even imagine like, <laughs> the, the stress. Yeah, <laughs> that like whatever, man. That's it's it's a really fucked up thing, and it is uncomfortable to talk about because, like I said, we don't like to think about it that way. We like to. Mm. It's so much easier to just think that these people are wholly evil, and of course, there are people that are completely evil and do these things yeah. because and, and there because are certain people that to. don't deserve reform there yeah, are certain 100%. people whose actions are un, unconsciousable and and then very much they're they are in need of rotting in a jail cell for the rest of their lives if they're not willing to show any form of like you know um uh, any 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 signs of wanting to reform and any like mm. any willingness to change then then sure fuck off but like that that's kind of what i like about <clears throat> Paul and the decision to bring up that charity because it shows that like Paul is not blowing smoke, right? He's not chatting shit. He's there to help. Yeah. Um. He he is there to help Joe Miller. Yeah. If he can be honest and straight with himself and say he did what he did, and 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 be forthcoming and quite literally like he by taking accountability, that's not pleading not guilty. That's the opposite of that. Yeah. Right. The first step should be I need to repent and I need to repent in the way that society has, you know, there are laws <laughs> and I broke one. Um, and and Paul, he's, he's bagged himself an Aussie baddie as well. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, because <laughs> that's relevant. Yeah. What we're saying. <laughs> no, but he, like what I'm saying about the reform is that he's not just like, he's not blowing smoke. He's not chatting shit. Right. He is, he wants to help people. Like he's put his money where his mouth is at all times. He's yeah. not just like he, he's not like what which I think some vicars and and religious people very much can be. He's not just using it as like 
Oh, is this podcast going to go out? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not just like you know, the image of like yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's on. it's not it's not performative, and it's yes, not... that's why that's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very much a this is a community man who has been there for every part of his community, and he wants to actually heal this wound that mm. is kind of deep and cutting away at so many people. Um, Do you want to know something fun, Lawrence? I'd l- after that conversation, I'd love to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a big shift and change. So, is it uh, about this Aussie, Aussie baddie? No, it's not about the Aussie baddie. It's nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> me, me and the bad bitch I pulled from living the Lord's way. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> sorry, sorry, go on. Um, so... While this show was on, while this was airing, it was also airing at the same time as another show, okay? It was airing at the exact same time as Agent Carter. Um, oh, right, okay. Now, yeah. Agent Carter, if you might be familiar with it, it's the, the Peggy Carter uh, short-lived Marvel TV series. lasted for Indeed. two seasons. Um, and it was airing at the same time as this. And the actor who plays Lee Ashworth... Um, oh yes big bad lee ashworth the scariest man ever who's like i'll fucking kill you like i didn't <laughs> fucking do it but i'll fucking put you down like yeah. um, while while this show was going on at the exact same time he was also playing the lovable fumbling uh jarvis the 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 butler jarvis like oh good <laughs> heavens miss carter i i can't imagine what we're doing here is um, he an endgame he is an endgame yeah that's where I know his face from. Oh, he's in a lot of stuff. He's yeah. in he's in Dunkirk as well. He's in Dunkirk. He's in I think he's in Oppenheimer as well. Fuck it. Well, I mean, everyone's in Oppenheimer. Well, yeah, Josh Pegg's yeah. in Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm pushing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's in quite a lot of stuff. He's a he's a he's a known face anyway. He, but... He's a known face, and he's a perfect face for this because he's a, he's got a face that screams murderer. Well, yeah, but like he, he also has a face that screams, "I'm a fumbling, bumbling butler, and I'm very British and foppish." And, and this is that this acting we've been talking about. It is, yeah. Where did it come from, Olivia Colman? Olivia, Olivia Colman was so kind yeah. as to share her gifts. Um, all right, do you want to talk about some of the the Sandbrook stuff then? I would love to. So we got okay. Gwen Cooper. Yes. <laughs> I like Eve Miles. I do too. She's great, isn't she? She's very fun, and I like how unapologetically like abrasive she is. In almost yeah. every role she plays, she's just like, fuck you, I'm Eve Miles. <laughs> One of my favourite moments in Torchwood, and it is, it's in the season of Torchwood, which no one seems to like, which is Miracle Day. But one, okay, of the, yeah. one of the fucking best moments of Torchwood that as a whole, and one of the best Gwen Cooper moments is when like some American uh, person goes, oh, you English, you're all the same. And she goes, I'm fucking Welsh. And then just clocks <laughs> her around the face. It's this so is- good. <laughs> she, she has loads of those torture moments. There's a moment where like Jack is winding her up about like an affair. Yeah, um, and she just turns around, slumps in one, drops this like six foot man, <laughs> right down to the ground. She goes, "Fuck you!" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, she's great, oh, man. She she is a, a great character. I want to see her come back. Um, but yeah, no, she's she's uh, Claire, who is shady as everyone is, Indeed, and has yeah, almost irritatingly shady. Yeah, what do you mean? Because there 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 are like. 
and obviously you kind of do get why, and it's because mm. she is she is spinning a constant web of lies to evade the truth. Yeah, whilst Until also it trying just to all unravels in her hands. Yeah, right. If it was, me, and I know she wanted protection from Lee, and I get that, right? But like living in the lead detective's house. Yeah. We doing. <laughs> I, I leave would, the country. <laughs> I would remind you of a quote from the Lord of the Rings from okay. Merry and or Pippin. Uh, the closer we are to danger, the further we are from home. Okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. But it's not really true in this context, is it? <laughs> no, and it also doesn't <laughs> true in that context. But <laughs> yeah, but but to be fair to her, she evades suspicion for like quite a while and the case was closed mm. so like True. she was doing something right it's she's, only she's, because... she's paying no rent living off the yeah. lead detective who she almost put in the ground yeah it's only because david Tennant like fucking had nothing to do that she was like that she <laughs> that the case got reopened and like she fucked my it. man is just out here twiddling his thumbs like might do that case might go and get open heart surgeries tonight <laughs> depends on the day <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I like I like her, and I like her. Um, the, 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 I don't know. There is a there is a component to me. It felt a bit weak, um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm missing context from like the end of the show because I haven't really thought this. Like I say, this was the stuff that I was least interested in, so I haven't really thought about it properly. But like, um, the 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 kind of hand waving and the excuses of like. I can't stay away from Lee. I just simply love having sex with him too much. Mm. Like that stuff for me felt a little bit like, well, you're an adult. Like you can you can choose to not have sex with someone, can't you? You can just avoid this. But that's that. That's what I find interesting, though. That like yeah. toxic relationship where you you know it's bad and you know it's no good for you, but there's something about them and you just cannot fucking help yourself. It's it's so mm. intoxicating that you you become another person. That a lot that does happen. That's not something that's like you know fucking imagined. That's how a lot of people end up in fucking domestic abuse situations to start with. It's yeah, it is a real thing, you know. And this does paint itself as one of those things. Like, yeah, Lee is very like hot and heavy is the wrong word, but like no, but he is. Very, yeah, he's and he's very like. I mean, he fucking drags her into the fucking ocean at one point. Yeah. And is, like, threatening to drown her. So it's pretty grim stuff. Um, and then, like, I, I do like how it all gets reframed at the end with with kind of, like... I don't know. It, it, it's interesting that, like, she is seen to be the more... And maybe this is just purely because she's a female character, but she is shown to be more emotional and more nurturing and motherly mm. throughout the season and more kind of in tune with her emotions, whereas Lee's kind of a brick wall that's like, I do carpenting, and I didn't murder people. I think the thing about Claire that's interesting is that she's so committed to, like, not not getting caught, or, like, not... Mm. like she, she doesn't want to, like, go to jail or have her life fucked up in any way. So, like, she she suddenly finds herself in this situation. She didn't kill fucking... You know the the nineteen year old fucking babysitter or whatever. She just yeah. found herself in that situation. It's like, right, I gotta fucking make the most of this. I gotta do what I can. She fucking told Lee to go kill the the kid, 
And then she was the one who's like, right, we've got to fucking hide these bodies. we got to do all this stuff. And, and I think it's shown throughout the show as well. Like, fucking, when David Tennant's like, pack your shit, you're out. And she, like, fucking, you know, breaks down, starts smashing up her house and that sort of thing. Because part of her plan was to stay here to evade capture and that type of stuff. And she yeah. breaks into the car to steal the pendant because she knows that's evidence against her. She knows that there's probably, like, fucking DNA traces on her and, like... She's she's a planner. She's someone who plans through and through, and when it goes wrong, then she's like, fuck, you know? I mean, you see that straight, like, <clears throat> outwardly. Like, if especially because, like, this is a flashback. This happens, obviously, in the past, on the night of the murders. Yeah. Right? You see what type of person is when she, she takes Ricky out to see his daughter, who they've had to kill. Yeah. Um, and, like, firstly, horrendous scenario. Yeah. <laughs> right? just, just top ten worst day right yeah. <laughs> for, for this this dad but then he i um, mean he's he's not like innocent he's, he's not great at no, all he killed yeah. the fucking the other girl so yeah which is not not good stuff yeah um but you can you see exactly what type of person claire is and how like i think people's this show has been very good at revealing true colors at moments mm. of stress yeah um and she just says like i need you to know that that flask is buried here somewhere in the woods. Yeah. And it's just like, it, where, like in the stressful scenario of fucking burying a dead body, she's she made a contingency time. plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which and I just she find ex- like... And she explains it very calmly in a way that's like almost fucking... Um, what's that word? Like sociopathic? Um, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, because she's, cause she's, she's calm and controlled and she says, I'm not going to use it. Yeah, it, it, so that you know, yeah, you don't say enough, you don't say a word. Scary, and it is scary, and it, and mm. I, and I do like that she kind of has that. Um, she, I think she uses being a woman as well. The constant, I think, so trying, too. trying to convince, um, Olivia Coleman that she has had sex with David Tennant. Yeah, um, which is I, I can relate to that. I go around bragging about <laughs> having fictional sex with David. Tennant. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, but like, I, I think she uses that very much. She uses sex with Lee as a as a bargaining tool yeah. to remain close to him. And I think she uses that kind of deer in headlights. I, I'm I'm in trouble. Protect me. Yeah. To just consistently stay outside of the radar, but so that she can see it at all times and know where it's pointing. Um, yeah, and, and a very interesting character. Um, yeah, just could have could have done with a whole season of it rather than taking time away from. Mm, got a season of it. Yeah, but I wanted to. We're not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of What do you make of Big Lee and uh, and Ricky? I guess. Uh, yeah, again, just interesting characters. Ricky was annoying, and I wanted to punch him every time he was on screen. And he I was, was like, "Have you seen Misfits?" Uh, well, some of it. He is. He is one of the. Um, he he's that man has got some incredible comedy chops. Is he? Right. You wouldn't know it from watching this, but like mm. there's a, there's an entire scene where he sings the power of love in its entirety. Yeah. Um like uh, and he's expressing his feelings about like a 17-year-old boy and it's very gross and it's very funny. Um he's he's one of the like the community workers. He's just a he's a great actor, but 
seeing him in this that he's got one of them faces that the second he shows up i'm like oh you're either a murderer or the comic relief and when he's not cracking any jokes i'm like oh i know why you're here <laughs> you're, you're here to be evil yeah he is punchable like when he first showed up i was like oh he did it really <laughs> yeah because he, he shows up and he's like what are you doing back here investigating stuff <laughs> yeah and david Tennant's like i'm just trying to do the best for you and your family and yeah. he's like the best you can do for my family is leave him alone stop looking at this case please we didn't really talk about this last week but there's the the kind of ongoing thread of like david Tennant's a dad who doesn't quite get stuff right mm. and he's got like a a strained relationship with his daughter because him and his wife have broken up and and he like he wants to like be there but he, he can't and stuff and and we meet his daughter this season and that's it's quite a nice little scene and stuff that is a good little scene and i like that there's there's this element of like she says like our oh, school's shit or something and he's like whoa we're just throwing around that word are we now what's <laughs> yeah, all this yeah. about and it's like come yeah. on man <laughs> just, come on man get real <laughs> but, but then um, she's like that's not swearing i'm like yeah it is yeah, what are you talking about? I want to say that in front of my pet. Well, I probably would. I was, I was an edgy kid. I was like, I'll swear if I want to, mate. <laughs> Do you remember your first time officially swearing? In front of my parents? Or just in like... In general, yeah. Oh, no. I used to do it all the time as a kid. Like, when I, not in front of my parents, but like when I was out with friends and like, you know, you think you're cool and hard and stuff and you're, you yeah. swear like way more than anyone should as a kid because yeah. you're like, what the fuck are you fucking fuck, 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 fuck? But yeah. I, I, I naturally, I naturally swear a lot though. Like it's, it's, it's just part of my vocabulary. Like <laughs> fuck is just a word that I say a lot because yeah, it's I'm almost like, just I, like not. When, it's like a, a like a uh thing. It's just like fucking. What is it? You know, like that sort of stuff. You just feel you feel sentences with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. thinking and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. What's yeah. that? Yeah, fuck. Or cunt. That's just like yeah, rolls off the tongue too yeah. easily. Um, no, I, I, I distinctly remember my first time swearing because I was like, I, I remember it because I remember thinking, I bet I look fucking sick right now, <laughs> right? Because I was in the year six playground and the year six had a special playground. First time and you it, swore was in year six. Yeah, well, the first time I remembered, like, I probably said like a few shits and a few craps here and there, right? But this was... This right, was cr- the... Crap is definitely not swearing. Oh, well, you never know. No, you do. It's not so. <laughs> if they can say it on fucking TV before that's, nine PM, it's not swearing. That is true. That is the cut off in Britain. That yeah. is like that's if how they can you know, say that's... it pre watershed. Then <laughs> that's the distinguisher. Yeah. Um, but I remember they were they were like, oh, it's it wasn't a teacher, but it was like my mate, and that we were like we were being called in to like you know break time was ending, and he was like, come on, we have got to go in, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I there must have been explosions behind me. Right? I, I must have gone into black and white and slow mo. Like I was, I was looking cool. Um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. You were saying about Lee and and Ricky. <coughs> I have no idea what I was saying. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of the life from me, remember? But fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if there's less to say about them because it's not an interesting there subplot. Is, there, it's yeah i'll say it's not as interesting as the trial but like yeah. i'm not out here like oh it's so bad like, <laughs> fair enough i yeah. liked it I don't know. um all right did you like um I, I tell you one thing we didn't really touch on um was the i i, I really like the 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 lawyer characters right the the, the primary lawyer of the defense fleabag no not fleabag fleabag's mum oh fleabag's, fleabag's mum yeah yeah yeah, who's not Fleabag's mum? Yeah, um, she well, she's someone else's mum. Um, she is, yeah. 
and I, I like that whole I really like the element of like how dangerous a defense attorney can be when yeah. she's already jaded about the law. Yeah. And how the justice system works. And she's like, well, there's no fucking justice for me and my family. So like she just switches that thing that humans have called empathy. She just switches it off and she's like, yeah. it's a job. I don't give a fuck. I didn't get it. Mm, like yeah. and she she isn't that you see little windows into her soul that she's not that cold yeah and it and it is a bit of an act um and i like that they they had a her and daredevil had history together yeah she used to work for daredevil Mm. and they don't and they didn't split up amicably it seems no yeah because Um, of it like something happened with her son he like got in trouble for something he's now in prison and she, I think she wanted Daredevil to, like, take the trial and, and represent him and that kind of stuff. But Daredevil wouldn't do it. And, yeah, but I think that's rightful in a way. Yeah. You shouldn't, I, I think they're, um... Probably, probably too close is. to it. Yeah, there almost definitely is actual kind of, like, laws about it. But, like, yeah, you, you should not be allowed to, like, I mean, fucking school teachers can't teach their kids. Can they not? I don't think so. Or at least they, it might have changed, but they never used to be able to. Surely they're like, but what if I have no other option? But like, the homeschool's a thing. Yeah, but that, that's that's a different process, isn't it? That's you have to opt into being homeschooled. Yeah, I guess. But what if you like you're living in a small town where there's like only one school and like one teacher? Oh, fucking get another one. <laughs> but <can't. laughs> I don't fucking know. I didn't make the law. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the thing. I think it you can't definitely teach your own was kids. a thing. No, I, I don't think it is because, like, I've I've been at schools. Like, I've I've known people who are like their their parents work at the school. They're like teachers at the school. It might be like a last resort situation. It might be like a, it's avoided at all costs until it can't be. I don't know if it is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's not a thing. But I'm sure I've heard it before. But it, 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 this, the the I think you're making it, it up. I'm not making it. <laughs> you are. You're making up. You're no, lying. You're lying. <laughs> Um, but it is very much that thing of like people too close to certain scenarios. Like in terms of a professional capacity, it should be kind of deemed unethical. But in terms of a friendship capacity as well, like, like a better a better option would have been like doctors can't operate on their own family and yeah. that kind of stuff. Because you're probably going to bring. It's not going to be a good day at work for you. You're yeah. going to be high stress and high nerves, and your family will. Because yeah, you're really you're you're literally. You're literally too close to the situation. You're more likely to make a mistake because you're so caught up in your own emotions and you're you're thinking mm. about it too much. So yeah, there yeah. is a, such a thing of being too emotionally invested. There's a reason they're like, like you don't know every doctor, and that's a good thing. There yeah. needs to be some level of secrecy to certain things and and certain a certain level of detachment for people to do their jobs correctly. You don't want your therapist I mean, almost... to be your mum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, like. Can't imagine anything worse. Really. <laughs> it's it's almost like a plot point of Broadchurch season one. You shouldn't be close to people when you do your job detecting everyone. Yeah, yeah. Here's something I like. Go on. I, I like Alec and Ellie slowly becoming best friends. <laughs> I do. Yeah. That like they get they do that thing where they go to a hotel room and oh there's oh, there's bloody meant to be two beds in here. What's going on with this? <laughs> But at no point is it like that, though. Like, yeah. if, if, don't get me wrong, I love a good fucking a, a story, a fucking good enemies to lovers fucking hotel room story, all right? I'm here for that all day. If there's one bed in that hotel room, 
I'm here for it. I love it. I thrive off that shit. This is not that at no point. Like mm. no one wants these two to get together because they're best friends. They're not lovers. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're best friends. They'd, they'd also be horrible. Yeah, they are horrible. <laughs> no, it's, but like together, dreadful pairing. Yeah. Like just two very pessimistic pollies just yeah. getting cross at the world together. Um, no, I do like. I, but I, I like that you kind oh, of pe- his pe- walls. When you said huh? pessimistic Polly, I, I thought you meant like polyamorous. And I was like, what? Hang, hang on, Lawrence. Hang on. You've missed something. <laughs> um, no, I, I like that they're, um, you do get more kind of walls breaking down with David Tennant's mm. character. Because you do get, like you say, you see his daughter, you see his ex-wife. You, you get a bit of their home life. Yeah. And that obviously bleeds into like, like you say, people don't just change moods depending on what scenes they're in. They... That he'll go from seeing his family, yeah, being frustrated with like the lack of connection, and then immediately he'll go off to work, and Ellie will be like, "Why are you being such a fucking grump?" <laughs> like she's lo- she's done with it as well now. She's equally, <laughs> yeah. so when he shows up in a bad mood, she's like, "Can you not be a wanker, please?" <laughs> I love it when like you know those moments where like Ellie comes home and he's just there waiting. He's like, "Miller, you can give me a lift." And like <laughs> he's just like, I need you to drive me to Sandbrook. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not your fucking taxi. <laughs> but then she does it. Yeah. What, what I quite like about it, she's in his boat now. She's yeah. in, she's she's like she's not got. I mean, she has a uh, like very small son, but like she, she no, she's got a she's got a normal size son, <laughs> a very small son. <laughs> you, you could have said young. You could have said a baby, but the fact <laughs> that you said a very small son is just very funny. Have you seen Have you seen that meme of like me trying to fill the word count, um, and it's like very small, young, early new peas. Oh, that's funny. Um, but no, she's she's in the same boat now. So I guess he just looks. He he goes over to hers and he's like, "Give me a lift." And she's yeah. like, "I have a life." And he's like, "You you don't. I don't. You don't. You don't. We both don't have a life anymore. Neither of us have a life. Yeah, we only yeah. live for the case. <laughs> Let's do this. It's true. It's it's and it's, it's great. I love those moments. Well, I say those moments. There's like one moment where like they're both just walking her very small son. Uh, in in his little pram, and the moments where just David was pushing the pram, I was like, "That's cute." I like that. that is cute, yeah. Uncle Alec. <laughs> and it's not like so overt anymore. Like it's not. No. It's not like it's not. Oh bloody! I have to push the pram. It's just happening, and you're like, "Oh, that's yeah. what mates do." Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's just like David Tennant reluctantly has friends. Like, he, <laughs> he didn't want them. He didn't want a friend. But, like, reluctantly. But he needs a lift. Yeah, but reluctantly. He's like, if I have to have a friend, then fine. Yeah. But only Ellie, okay? It's only Ellie, no one else. Uh, the the last thing that I was going to say was the, um, I like that the, the last scene of Joe receiving the true justice scene, the true courtroom of, of Joe Miller, where he will get a fair trial. Can I say something first? Oh, if you have to. I do. Just one little thing. Okay. Oh, actually, no, because I'll save it for little things. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, but what I will say is, so true justice needs to happen because mm. Joe gets off. He's found not guilty, and it's fucking horrendous. It's but... horrendous, but it's also made less insane of an outcome as the season goes on yes like, it's around more about and more season likely. six or seven yeah you start to go episode oh, six shit. or seven. Oh yeah 
yeah, r- around about that time, you really start to be going like, hang on a minute, is this yeah. not going the way that we think? Is the justice yeah. system flawed? <laughs> I, I Surely it was not. Perfect up until this point. <laughs> Surely you jest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that when um, Paul Paul has or Reverend Rory has that incredible line um, where he like he's like, I need to tell you what I'm about to do. Yeah, and it's like, and then the next thing you see is like Mark he's and yeah, Mark Mark and Nige fucking throw him in the back of a van, and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> what's yeah. happening here? Very scary. I there was a part of me that when they took him up to that cliff, there was a part of me that they were basically going to be like, jump or we'll push you. Yeah. Um, which would not have been. It would have been very satisfying to see, but not for a character standpoint. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have. I know. I I really like that that like true justice moment where it's like mm. kind of. It, it's not the whole town, but you know, for for our purposes, the whole. The the people that matter anyway. Everyone in the town with a name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They all like come together to be like, "Fuck off!" All right, yeah. like we're not gonna kill you. We could just, just remember that we absolutely could, and and we'll... we will if we see you fucking around <laughs> yeah. again. And we will, but you don't live here anymore. This is you may have got away with it, you pathetic, sniveling little child. But mm. you know, but we know, but we know the truth, and you know the truth. The, the the kicker is when he's he has to like he has to walk through the 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 swarm of people just watching him go. Here's something with that, right? Yeah. Is there a mistake in that? Because the God. the way it's framed, it's like I, I I might be wrong, but like the to me the way it was framed is that I think there might be a continuity error in there, but the way it was framed for me is like Beth and Ellie are in the hut with Joe, okay? Yeah. They they have the thing, they blah blah blah, they say all that. And then yeah. like Joe leaves and then he's walking through the swarm. But Beth and Ellie are in the crowd as well. Maybe they And then he walks they, past them. This so... is quite a theatrical moment. Maybe they <laughs> they had him wait there for a minute while they got themselves into like they they were like, We need you need to do the walk of shame, but we obviously need to be there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's yeah. a scene missing or something, but like uh, or maybe it I'm might, just wrong. But it, it might know. be one of them like creative cuts. Yeah. Where we're like, ooh, it's the idea of what's happening here, kind of thing. Um, I, no. I think the the kicker of <laughs> no, no. I I think the kicker of it is when um, it's like it's so blunt and it's so country, yeah. And it's very like it like <clears throat> Joe is walking throughout them. He's like, you can't just make me disappear. <laughs> Mark's like, we can, and then just puts his arm around his son, yeah. And and his his own boy is looking up at him like. I got nothing to say to you. Like his, I got nothing to say. And like Ellie talks about how, like, yeah, you won, well done, but you're never gonna see your fucking kids again. Like, yeah. if you had fessed up, they probably could have seen you in prison. But you will, like, you wanted this life, so you have to live it isolated, completely alone. Off with... you pop. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, and I, I and I really really like that. I think it's like it's a good sense of of true justice, and it's also a good kind of like. Everyone there is like, you should have faced consequences. You know that. We know that. But we will, we are happy to kill you and all face consequences if that if you, we ever see you again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Great. Great scene. And I love that they do it in the in the cabin as well. Like, really yeah. just making him sit there. And Beth talking about she's counted. There's like fourteen knives in the building. And like, oh, I genuinely thought they were going to kill him. For... <laughs> For like a large portion of the scene, and then it got. Do to you the point think where they like, should have? 
um, I think I he would have deserved it, but I yeah. don't want these characters to stoop the low. They're better than that. Yeah, yeah. they're better. He than deserves him. it, but yeah. he's lucky that he's got some somewhat well-adjusted individuals around him. Yeah. Why the fuck would he still want to live in that town? Yeah. When he's like, like you can't send me away. It's like, you should be running. That is <laughs> yeah. insane to me. The fact that he didn't immediately just get on a fucking train and just yeah. bolt go. it. Yeah, yeah. Just get the fuck out of town. But he's got kids, and I guess. And Yeah, but like, cut your losses, man. You killed their friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... Like, your like... son's best friend died because you killed him. And it's easy to say. you didn't. It's easy to say, cut your losses, but... There's kids. <laughs> Yeah, but like, <laughs> be practical. <laughs> like, you, but he's you not. Have, he's not practical. Won. He he killed an eleven-year-old boy because he didn't want to hug him. He's. We've established that he's not practical, Lawrence. That's true. Yeah, he's delusional. Is what he <laughs> is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it tracks. It does track. Um, um, beautiful stuff. Shall we do some little things? Yes. Go for it. All right. Yeah. Here's one little thing that I have, and maybe more if I think of them, but. Uh, my first and possibly last little thing is <laughs> how cool is David Tennant's little gaff? It's very cool, and, and everyone that visits it is like, "You live here." I'm like, "That's great." <laughs> that is fun <laughs> for me. I, I live in my own right. I'd fucking love that place. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's well, it's yeah, a decent enough size for one person. And fucking manage. It's mm. great little fucking waterfront property. It's very cute. I'd love that little gaff. I'd love it as well, and I'd love the little skinny alleyway leading into it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm off the beaten track. The only people that know I'm here are the fucking swans, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole town, because they all stop by every morning, apparently. Yeah, literally, he can't walk out of his fucking front door without someone being like, I've got some information for you. <laughs> and his doors are always open. He's always just like, he's always just like making a cup of tea, and there's just someone like in his living room, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> It makes for some very good frustrated David Tennant uh, performance, which is very I do fun. I do love some frustrated David Tennant performances. He does it in, well. Indeed, he does. Yeah. Um, I like the one of the ending shots of of the season where the Latimers and the Millers that aren't sex criminals uh, are like so everyone but Joe. Basically, everyone but Joe. <laughs> they're yeah. all kind of mending old wounds on the beach, and they're yes. happy to like. Ellie shows up and like she's invited in warmly by Beth and it's yes. the, the hostility seems to have gone now that Beth has and like there's an element of like Beth was heavily pregnant right oh yeah she wasn't thinking clearly <laughs> yeah, I mean... no then there's there's an element of like I don't think she like and and who could blame her uh, no one can blame her but there is an element of like I think she's been able to kind of readjust her position a bit yeah um. And, you know, it probably didn't hurt seeing how fucking devastated Ellie was to see her husband walk free and everything else. Oh, like, 100%. Actually, Beth probably realised that they were both ready to fucking bury this man together. At no point was she on Joe's side. No. At yeah, no exactly. fucking point. Yeah. Um. The Any other little things? Um. No. I've got one where... um. Uh, ben, then oh, I've got two more little things. The first one is Ben, uh, who is Daredevil's assistant. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, having a chat Foggy. with Phoebe Waller-Bridge after the case wraps up, and she's like, "Ah, oh, don't be a sore loser." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going on to a like a, a an armed robbery or something after this." Yeah, uh, and then she's just like talking about how like she she won the case, and you know she's just happy to move on. Works work, and he just walks over and is like, 
You're a deeply horrible person. Yeah, she thinks he's gonna like flirt or try it on or something, and yeah. But then he's like, "Trick, you're awful." Yeah, and it's like it's the it's the humbling of the century. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you needed this. You are <laughs> you not did. a person. You are a shell of a human. Now go make Fleabag. Yeah, now go make Fleabag. Now go make that critically acclaimed TV show, which I haven't seen. It's so good, man. <laughs> I Fleabag. know it is, but I haven't seen it. Fleabag is very, very good. Um, and the, the other little thing was um, when when Newspaper Woman yes. arri- arrived at Daredevil's house and Daredevil was like, it's only been you. Yeah, because she's Daredevil's wife. Yeah, I like yeah. Well, hang on, that's not true. <laughs> well, she is now. Oh yeah, she is now. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, but uh, maybe oh, here I... he goes. Here he goes. Fucking no, 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 no. Forced agenda is it? No, Broadchurch may... gone woke. No, maybe. Yeah, exactly. How dare they? Um, no, maybe it, like maybe I just don't have a good face for like identifying ages. You don't. But she felt like a daughter. To that woman, really? Not a partner? Yeah, I yeah, never def- picked down a romantic no. vibe. You definitely don't. They are the same age. Fair enough. One looks significantly older. No, they are very. Do much you think? Equi- yeah, they are very much equivalent of of age. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just blind to it. Then yeah. Maybe I'm like Herb, going blind. Maybe you are. And I'm a better lawyer. Um. Imagine true. losing the case, L plus ratio. <laughs> Nathan, do you have any recommendations? What's this? Nathan, what we do at this point in the show is we talk about our little recommendations. It could be something that we've watched, uh, we could have read it, we could have listened to it, we could have seen it, we could have experienced it. It could be absolutely anything that you've done this week. What would you like to recommend to me and our lovely listeners? I would like to recommend Actors on Actors, I believe it's called. Ooh, I like Actors on Actors. Um, I had never seen it until earlier today. I watched uh, Killian Murphy versus Margot... Not versus, they're not fighting. Uh, (laughs) They're scrapping. (laughs) Killian Murphy and Margot Robbie. They're like, just basically sit down and have like a 40-minute chat. And like, oh, wasn't Barbenheimer great? And it was. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was great. It was a, it was a good fun chat. Variety are pretty shitty, like as a company. Yeah, and like <laughs> they were they were very much like, oh, the the strike is going on because these greedy actors will <laughs> refuse to. They want to get their grubby hands on more money. That they, they just don't want deserve. more money. They're they're pretty shitty in that respect. Um, but but this is pretty cool. Um. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a good fun chat. It very much gives off the vibes of like Killian uh, Murphy. I think he's a bit like um, like me in the fact that like he he kind of like takes his time and pauses like when he talks. Like I I pause quite a lot because I like think of what I say and stuff, yeah. which is why like editing this podcast is a bit of a nightmare because there's always like <laughs> yeah. g- gaps that need to be and cut then, out and then there's me next to you that yeah. i for some reason i never i was never ever conscious of this but i have a real stunted way of speaking i take random pauses in the middle of my sentences yeah yeah we both do we both do though it's not good it's not good when you edit your own podcast you just become so yeah. painfully aware of like ticks that you have yeah yeah you you also repeat yourself a lot you say like uh yeah you, 
you go like you 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 so you I do I stutter like the first do. thing that I say a lot of the time yeah, yeah. like the, the starting of a sentence I often struggle to get through it maybe I who knows <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so he like he's quite methodical in that he's like he's basically introverted and he like he takes his time he's pretty quiet and a shaded person and Margot Robbie is like an ADHD puppy just like just, uh, yeah. just like so excited and like just wanting to talk about everything and and Killian's just like yeah yeah i yeah. i've watched that i've i watched that today um and I, what i loved about it was like at the end when she's like begging him to play uh his character in peaky blinders again <laughs> yeah. and he's like he's trying to find the most pr friendly nice way of saying no <laughs> yeah but like also not wanting to just completely make her look like a moron yeah um and I, I, what I love, actors on actors is a really fun show. But like, you always have to like. I often skip the first two minutes because it's just them being like. And obviously, you were like incredible in this, and they're like, "Oh shucks, no, I wasn't." Like, yeah. you're nominated for an Oscar. You know, you were good. <laughs> just, just go. Thanks. That's take some compliments. Yeah, but they got to um, appear humble, don't they? Yeah, I know they got to, and I understand the game. <laughs> they can't. Just, they can't just be like, "Yes, I am." <laughs> okay. But like, I would like to see one of them be like. I'm really glad you think so because I fucking worked my ass off for that. Yeah, but it's, you know, I, I some, like, sometimes I'll 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 edit a video for someone and I'll look at the comments and it'll be like the editing's great in this. And I'm like, it fucking is. I know. <laughs> Hell but, yeah. But if you tweeted that though, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it publicly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. See. <laughs> yeah, I look, I understand the game. I get it. Um, yeah, what, anyway, have, you, have so. you got your eye on any other actors on actors that you want to watch? No, I don't know who, who what else there is to be honest. I've only seen that one. Um, the, the worst thing is when you have an actor, but then like you check in, it's like six years ago, and I'm like, oh, they can't talk about that movie that they hadn't filmed yet. Oh. I want to hear them talk about that movie. What other ones are there? There's there's loads of good ones. They I think they recently did one with um, RDJ and Mark Ruffalo, which was oh fun. the Iron Man boys, the Iron Man boys. But they ended up mostly talking about. I think this, I think it's, I think the Zodiac was David Fincher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they ended up just talking about that. And I was like, I haven't seen Zodiac, so I can't really, <laughs> it's a bit boring for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, oh, one that's really good is they did um, Stephen Yeun and uh, Pedro Pascal. That was very fun. Oh, they, okay. They had quite a lot of Mandalorian chat in that, which was fun as well. Stephen Yeun? Yeah, because he was in, uh, he was in Beef, wasn't he? Yeah, it wasn't in the Mandalorian. No, but they, they, it's not always. They're not always from the same thing. It's just they take two actors that are they think would be the most interesting pairing mm-hmm. that have been in something popular that they're obviously they're obviously there to promote. It's a junket for them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, there's. I can't remember all of them, but there's. They often do uh, writers on writers and directors on directors, and that's really interesting too. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> ask me if I have a recommendation. Do you have a recommendation? I do. What is it? It is the sitcom Superstore. <laughs> Fucking all right. Right, right. Hang on. Why is it when you tell me to watch a sitcom and I go, oh, then you have a problem with it, but you can do the exact same to me? Because I've seen some of Superstore and I couldn't get into it. It's like largely the same as other comedies of the era. Like, yeah, I watched like four episodes and I was like, eh, not for me. Did the lead character annoy you? Is that why? I can't even remember who the lead character is. It was is it it's Jonah. His his character is very like performative white man. Like Probably. I, I optimist. I hate it when things are unequal <clears throat> and I love equality kind of guy. 
Probably. I don't know. Like like a very outspoken podcast host. Um, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, I think it's a really good sitcom. Uh, it's very fun. It's on Netflix. You can watch it all. Um, often when I'm like working, because I work from home, I like to just have something on in the background. Just... I don't know. The day can be very boring if you only ever hear like one very excited American shouting about games all day. You work um, from home? Yeah. You don't work at Caravan of Garbage HQ in Australia? Yeah, we, we actually have a caravan. We work, we work there. Whoa. In Australia? <laughs> yeah, it's in Australia. And we only eat from the bin, hence the garbage. That's oh. what we do. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah, and I'm not allowed to do any of my other client work there. I can only go to the caravan of garbage when I'm working on that. So you've got to commute daily to Australia, mm. which I don't yes. even think is possible. Um, and it depends how hard you work for it. I mean, physically, it's not possible to commute daily to Australia. For you? No, for everyone. I'm, I'm dedicated to the grind, so I make it work. No, for everyone. It's physically not possible. My man hasn't been taking Uber premiums, or whatever they're called. <laughs> I guess it depends where you live, but from the UK, it's physically not possible. Yeah, if I lived next door to the caravan, I could commute there every day easily. Yeah, if you lived in Australia, then you could do it. You'd already be there. What is this? I don't know. (laughs) We're debating about my fictional commute to a place that doesn't exist. Anyway, go on. Um, Plug your shitty little fucking sitcom or whatever. It's a good sitcom. It's a fun little show. Uh, America Ferrera is is really, really fun. Yes, it's very good. It's very fun. Uh, it's very silly. It has like, it, as as all good sitcoms tend to be, it's like somewhat workplace related. It, the 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 kind of the crux of this one is that it's set at like a retail store where it's kind of an all purpose store, and it's like a Walmart. Yeah, it's basically a Walmart, and it's yeah. and it's there. What what I like about it is it's not just the everyday goings on. As always, there's some sort of like corporate uh, entity which are it creates some good drama. Um, and and actually, there's some episodes that like are fairly hard hitting for like sitcoms. Um, but yeah, genuinely like a great group of great group of characters and some really really funny performances. As well. I'll tell you, uh, there's that guy who's um, in the show. He's in a wheelchair. But oh, uh, Garrett is his character's name. Maybe yeah. I don't know, uh, but I don't think he's in a wheelchair in real life um, because he plays a character in Parks and Rec who can very much walk. Um, yeah, I don't think he's in. I don't think he's actually wheelchair bound, though. Well, no, given by the fact that I just said he's couldn't. <laughs> no, but some a... people that have wheelchairs can still walk. Like yeah, it's not. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. But um, he's good. I like him. He's very yeah. funny in Parks and Rec. Yeah, Parks and no, Rec is a better show. You should have recommended Parks and Rec. <laughs> I haven't seen Parks and Rec recently. <laughs> you seen Parks and Rec? Yeah, but not this week. And this is something I've been doing this week. Adam Scott. Yeah, I'm aware he's in Parks and Rec. Then. What's he called? The guy? Ben. No. Um, Adam Scott. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Rob Lowe. No. Aziz Ansari. The mean, the main guy. Not the main guy. Ron? Hello. Um, yeah, what's he called? What's his? What's he called? Oh. Nick Offerman. Fuck. Nick ah, Offerman. You made me draw fucking a blank. Fucking hell. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, good show. Two good recommendations. Go watch Actors on Actors and also Superstore on Netflix. Actors um, and Actors and Parks and Rec. Check them out where you can. Indeed, indeed. And uh, everyone. You, I don't think can... you even listened to what I said then, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I <can> tell. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Lawrence. <laughs> actors and Actors and Parks and Rec. Check them out. <laughs> I mean, yes, fine. Do that as well. I don't give a shit. 
That just Next. proves you just do not listen to me. I'm on, I'm, just, I'm at the outro point. You it's just tune me out and just go on with Because you do that thing, you just tune me out, and then it doesn't even matter what I say, you'll just go, indeed, indeed. And then you'll move on and say something I am else. very guilty of doing that. Yes, you are. Nathan, speaking of stuff, did you know that next week we're going to be doing this? My name's Ellie. I'm a detective with Wessex Police. You called about an attack? Wahoo! It's not Mario. It's Lawrence, not Mario. what are you looking forward to most about Broadchurch Season 3? Um, what do you have? Do you have any hopes, expectations, dreams, follies? I'm very... If I was... I, I'm, I'm now very sceptical of where they can go with the Latimers and everything else. Cause, no, because they've literally finished their arcs for lack of i mean like maybe you always more. say this you always like yeah because the show told is, me <laughs> but is an arc ever finished though because like you wrap up everything you started yes all right okay but all right so you met your wife in 2015 okay <laughs> okay yeah she was with another person at the time you flirted back and forth you got together there was but then, like, she got back with her ex, and there was a whole other thing, and then you cried to me on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this? And then I'm going somewhere, don't worry. Um, and then you moved in together, and then you got together, and then you moved into a, a house, yeah. a, like a not a uni house, like a proper house, and then you got engaged, and then you got married. And I guess your arc is done now, so we never need to hear from you ever again what i'm saying is lawrence is people's mm-hmm. lives are ongoing okay mm-hmm. their stories are never done there's always room for characters to grow and develop and for more stories to be told i agree but these are fictional characters written by other people and it tells a chapter of their life right that like you can have fulfilling endings without knowing exactly what a character does from the second they're born to when they die like okay that's, that's yes. a boring way of I don't want every single gap filled. The show came in and showed You're not going to get every... It's three seasons. You're clearly not going to get every single second of their life from birth to death filled in. What, okay? But what I'm saying is what they the, the points they seem to raise was... We're arguing again. I know. Commu- community, <laughs> a shattered community because of what happened and a man who refused to take accountability for what happened and how that and those relationships and that event shattered the lives of so many people and by the end of season 2 that man had been sent away and the families had rekindled and and things seemed to be on track so if if things are suddenly not on track next season it will feel like a step backwards but okay but what you're doing there is you're i, I don't want to get into it, but you're you're you've got a very narrow way of looking at things Okay. You're you're looking at things very narrowly, and you're like, these are the only options. There are no other options. These are the only things we can possibly focus on. So mm. I therefore I see no reason why these could ever come back. Okay, like, but that's just cohesive storytelling, though, right? Like, no, it's not. Just wait. Okay. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna like, I'm I'm I want to know what does happen. I'm gonna watch season three, obviously. So we will discuss that then. But Nathan, in the meantime, I would like to thank you. Yes, you. This is not directed at Nathan. This is directed at the audience now. Okay. Yes. Well, you, okay. Well, you did say Nathan. I would like to thank you. Okay. So you can understand my confusion. I can. Well, I'm also going to thank you for listening to me. 
in this podcast. But I also, I'm did not thank- listen to you. <laughs> I rarely do. I would also like to say thank you to the listeners for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, then please feel free to leave a little five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. That'd be very much appreciated. Or uh, tell it to a friend, recommend a friend. That's how we get That is also a good point, yeah. Yeah, do that. Uh, you can also give us a little follow on Twitter, at Another Happy Pod, for updates, as well as suggesting your thoughts. We've got a little pinned tweet where you can go and, you know, fill in a little form. Nathan, are you aware that we have another podcast? Yes, I am, Lawrence. It's called Still Got Legs. It's our Doctor Who rewatch podcast, where every week we watch and discuss an episode of Doctor Who. Not at random. We're doing it in order through the revival era. It's a Whoa. bloody good, fun time, and where we'd be thrilled if you would join us. So come along. We truly, truly would. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening, and we will see you next week for the return of Crime Drama Christmas. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.